0: love talk radio
1: you are tuned in to another episode of raw sex with yours truly sexual true. Sexual sexual sexual. Sexual. this show is not safe for work and for mature audiences only for entertainment and informational purposes and should never replace a visit with your medical provider and or proper diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions All right. I never know how to start the show. Every time. We have to practice. I'll have to practice in the mirror. Like, what do I say? You're tuned in to another episode of Raw Sex. No, because I don't that. Or
2: maybe I say, and now here's Johnny. And then we get, oh, I mean, Lisa.
1: <laughs> and um, you can wear it, Johnny. Yeah. We are trying to get the details to have our guest log on tonight. So roll with it, and I will have to... Um,
2: Yes, okay. Well, tonight's edition of Raw Sex is brought to you by the letters Y and Z.
1: And then number three.
2: And then number three. And um, tonight we have a special guest from British Columbia, and I have to find out what exactly, this is the big question I have for tonight's guest, Velvet Steel will be, what is the difference, and everybody's going to say, what's he going to say, what's he going to say, but I just want to know the difference between British Columbia and Canada proper. Um, is, I
1: agree, because that always confuses me. That very me. much
2: confuses me, and um, it's actually integral to her story, because as an activist, she is involved with the government, and I want to know which government. Is BC different from Quebec? Sure, right? Vancouver? So that's what we're going to try to find out tonight. But very interesting guest in Velvet Steel tonight. Six-foot statuesque dominatrix from... The north.
1: Which is funny when you use the term dominatrix because if you look at all her photos, she's like, and we had this conversation earlier, she's like 1940s housewife. Right. She's a she's got Beautiful. a vintage look to her. Yeah. Always yeah. oh, hair done, makeup done, outfit matching, cute little um, retro getups.
0: I, I think like if to... I was dominated by anyone, that would be <laughs> <laughs> that
2: would be the go-to. Yeah. Well, I could just picture it now. It's like I will go walking into this really nice 50s looking kitchen. And, uh, she's with, and she's standing there, and she's making muffins. muffins, and she goes, here, honey, and she <laughs> hands it to me, and she goes, bam! <laughs> and then
0: she hits you upside the head with a muffin. <laughs> on your knees,
2: you <laughs> groveling fool.
0: I'd love that. That would be awesome. Groveling. Thank uh, you, ma'am. May I have another one? I would like to watch him go through it, so I want to watch it happen to you.
2: Yes, I know. You're particularly interested in watching me get dominated for some reason.
1: It sounds like a fun time. So we had some issues with Blog Talk Radio tonight. For some reason, the time zone settings are off. So then I reset it. And apparently, now that I'm looking at it, they also reset the amount of time that tonight's episode is. So usually we have an hour and a half, and they reset it to an hour. Oh. So we're going to have to cut it short. We can extend it. And hope that they record it, but it's not guaranteed that they record any extra. You're okay. only you're allotted a little bit further than, um, I think it's an, an extra hour that they record after your cut off time. But there's no guarantee, so they may catch it, they may not. So yeah.
2: right? I guess the thing is, we had already. Be
1: one of those legal. Uh, legal... Going go twice? Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: And you just gotta yeah. throw some profanities in there and they're like, nipple! Yeah, <laughs> hashtag nipple. Vagina.
2: Areola. All right, well, now that we've gone down some of the body parts and right. the-
1: yeah. breast- uh we're going to... What? We're gonna get out some shoutouts real quick. So today I got some extra ink done. My tattoo is completely finished. Yes. We're in the process. We're not sure whether we're going to do a reveal party or not. That's kind of still up in the air. But I will be at the Boston Tattoo Convention. For those of you who are tattoo fanatics and want to meet me, I will be there. Find the famous Tattoos Massachusetts booth. Um, I don't think you get the booth number until you're actually there and logged in and stuff. Um, But anyway, you can find them on Twitter, at FamousTattoosMA, and we are working on the website. Eventually, it'll be FamousTattoosMA.com. The other shout-out is Simply Sexy, which is spelled simply S-I-M-P-L-Y-S-X-Y, and their Twitter handle is S-I-M-P-L-Y-S-X-Y, or at simply sexy and their website is the same simply dot uh as always a shout out to our brothers in podcasting just guy talk you can catch them on twitter just underscore guy underscore talk and um if you haven't listened to the last few episodes then you don't know that i also co-host radio after dark on tuesday nights at 11 p.m eastern time last week we had wendy williams
2: very interesting interview i listened
1: not to be confused with the talk show host no
2: as, although the talk show host also looks like somebody who's gone through a change,
1: I I agree as well, and and other people have said the same thing. Right. So like, I don't know, she looks like a man to me. Right. Um. But
2: but on but on, yes on on the uh, side of this Wendy Williams, she's uh, much like other folks that I've now heard about a trans. Uh, let me get this right. A transgender that didn't uh, have
1: bottom surgery. have
2: bottom surgery. Right. right.
1: So, she is very much a woman, but she just has a penis. So, right. it would kind of be the opposite of Buck Angel, who is very much a man, but has his, what do you call it, man he, pussy. He, so. That's
2: right. So, it's just an interesting, and I guess they did a scene together, too. They
0: did, mentioned. which is super hot. I was upset. Right. Did you, put so no. Oh, you didn't catch but, it? Well, oh, damn! I can only We know. are
1: all going to, I'm going to make everybody watch it, watch it after the show. Um, and then what else? I mean, Wendy was just, she was so cool, sweet as can be. And we talked a lot about, um, you know, the different, different situations that transgender people encounter and doing porn and kind of, I mean, when you're cisgendered and you do porn, you have enough X's on your, you know, you get enough shame from the general society for them to be transgender and in porn. Um, You know, I can't imagine how many how much of an uphill battle it is for a lot of folks, so she ended up moving back to her native Kentucky, right yes um she's'
2: a, she's from the south yeah. or yeah, that's the south
0: uh, yeah, she is a beautiful accent too yeah Which, um, you reminded me with the south comment uh we read that article about the two drinks. You wrote a blog on it, right? I right. The
1: one? Yeah. Yeah, so you can catch that blog on rawsexradio.com because for some reason I don't advertise my own website enough. Yeah. <laughs> and that blog and was, a,
2: right, about two, the uh, I guess, transsexuals or were they transvestites or whatever they were. They were men uh, looking enough, I guess, to get outed uh, or something. I don't know. There
0: and, was, and they
2: got bashed.
0: There was one that was for sure transgender just did not have bottom surgery yet Mm -hmm. um from the videos this is what i'm gathering yeah regardless
1: Um, they both consider themselves transgender right and they were dressed up in what was you know the general society culture would i believe say is feminine wear uh you know like a skirt and a tube top or something but normally you can't
2: tell anyway so i mean unless you're really scrutinizing you can't really tell But
1: who knows? I mean, it could have been that it was in a small enough community that people kind of already knew. like
0: Atlanta. Yeah, but still. We're, you know, things, word travels fast. I mean. Who knows? um, But regardless, somehow. It's not fair.
1: Yeah, a bunch of bullies kind of um, began to harass them and they stuck up for themselves. And then it turned, it escalated into, you know, physical violence. And
2: And that's really on topic with tonight's guest in a lot of ways. And I'm not being facetious here. Because uh, Velvet Steele is an advocate, and because of experiences, and we'll have her elaborate on it, started a, um, an anti-violence organization, co-founded an anti-violence called WEAVE, which is West Enders Against uh, Violence Everywhere.
1: Yeah, Bobby, again, did massive homework for our guest this week. I mean, he dug up information that I was thrown off on I, I totally you did some good research this week. well no
2: actually again all of this is available on velvetsteel.com for those of you um who are interested in tonight's guest and as you're listening want to open up another browser and take a look at the site then you'll get a really good idea of who we're talking uh at and how beautiful she looks in her uh website she is
1: beautiful so, oh my god
2: i can imagine in person with being six feet and in heels Imagine spikes.
1: Well, I'm 5 too. She would kick my ass.
2: Well, certainly, yes.
0: <laughs>
2: In terms of height, she would.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know quite a few women who are, are 6 feet or higher that don't look quite as feminine as but, velvet seals. She's, like, beautiful. She's yeah. gorgeous. Oh, also, you're like a
2: chihuahua, so you would, you would...
1: Are you trying to say my bite is bigger than my... Yes. My bark is bigger than my bite. <laughs> yeah. No, your
2: bite is bigger than your... Um, stature
1: oh i still kick some ass even though i'm small that's what i'm trying to say here okay i don't think you was saying that properly she breaks out the spoon mm. spoon fucking schnally your ass oh here we go i think we have our guest hello if i put on my
3: headset velvet are you there with us i can hear you guys
1: fine can you hear me perfectly yay welcome <sighs> So, thank yeah, you for I mean, you th- it, thank you for joining us. It was such a hot mess tonight because um, something happened with Blog Talk Radio that they made a mess of the time zone, and so when we tried to figure out, you know, 10 seconds before we're supposed to be logging on, we're trying to figure out how to fix the time zone so that way the episode would air live at the right time, and then it changed the amount of time we had on the episode, so we're usually an hour and a half long and changed it to an hour, and I was like, ah! So um, it must <laughs> be like the moon or something is whatever and
2: the moon is whatever tonight
1: um mercury's in retrograde no terms? i don't know it's
2: three quarters of a moon it looks very bright tonight
1: oh some the werewolves are out i don't know oh, what I happens want, but everything's a big them. freaking hot mess so how are you
3: i'm good how are you doing lots of work going on here but other than that it's good
1: are you at very still good at work correct
3: yeah i'm still at sweet adult boutique here slinging dildos to eager crowds you know <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love it. So, for those of you who don't know, I I really enjoy and I comment on Velvet's pictures all the time. That she um, when she gets a new product in the store, it always matches her freaking outfit. And I always yeah. wonder how she can manage to do it because every uh, Instagram dildo selfie matches whatever outfit she has picked out for the day. I mean, I can barely well, coordinate actually, my own shoes. Never mind my matching dildo. I think that's. I, um, I'm wearing um, all. You no,
2: know, it's a fashion sensibility. Some people have that. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't I don't wear the right socks. so. I'm...
1: Well, you clearly don't have fashion sensibility. <laughs> oh. We're talking to you who's wearing something that looks like a tent. Okay. That's my tattoo shirt. Yeah. Anyways, can you feel the aggression tonight? Mm. <laughs>
3: Are you asking me that? It always sounds like something that's going on in my parlor, so it's all good. Oh, all right. Then... So you're used to it.
1: So... When I first had the pleasure of interviewing Velvet Steel, it was one on the very first. It was on one of the very first episodes of Radio After Dark, and I was the co-host. But I always managed to just barge in and take over the show. And poor Dave kind of gets left in the dust every time, anyways. So, um, so yeah, we had a great talk, and we got to talk about all kinds of things. We Bobby, did. you just, you I, just I thought it at the episode really recently, talk. right?
2: Yes, I did. Uh, I, I forgot what you were talking about specifically, though, that night. I'm, I've been so engrossed in current research. That...
1: So, Velvet, Bobby has yeah. been doing his homework and reading your website and gathering all this amazing information, so much information that I don't think we even got to touch a quarter of it on Radio After Dark, so I'm kind of excited. I'm going to give Bobby the lead on this one. And let him okay. roll with the punches and do the interviewing. So Bobby will be the main host tonight. Oh, is that what's going on again? Sure.
2: All right. I'm trying to get it so that everybody can hear. Can no. you? Go ahead. I can't hear. <laughs> oh, now I can hear. Okay. Uh, well, starting with the fact that uh, I guess your pa- your parents moved around a lot, but you um you were very young. You were uh, you said you were into the punk rock thing, and That's I just right. wanted. This was obviously pre-transformation, pre-reveal, as I like to call it. But uh, what was the – was that kind of politically activated you? Uh, I mean, was that kind of the influence that made you – today, I consider you an activist, certainly, in many different ways. And um, I'm just wondering if that's where that enlightenment came.
3: Um, Well – I was more thrust into the whole limelight in regards to anything to do with activism because when I was first in Vancouver, I um, started – there was no fetish outlets, let's put it that way. I moved to Vancouver to be closer to my BDSM fetish clients. That's why I moved here. So mm-hmm. I had so well been into the whole fetish thing long before I moved from Toronto to Vancouver. Um, and then as a result of it i was getting shut down by the authorities on a regular basis so i thought well how am i going to do this so i went to every form of media i could possibly do uh made them very aware as to what was going on and the fact that this was a culturally viable and sound event so people could come to and feel good about themselves and as a result of that little did i know it was sort of paving the way at that point to be very politically activist oriented um, and uh, and the other thing, too, I learned along the way, too, is like the terms advocate and activist and when to use them, when not to use them. It seems that advocacy seems to be or bode better with the students, whereas activism seems to work on a much more grander political scale. Um, and then as a result of that, I was put on TV, all the media, the newspapers, radio, uh, everything you could possibly think of. And I basically, in a way, outed myself. So.
4: hmm
2: I was interested in the fact that one of the first things that you had to advocate for was yourself uh, in terms of getting an operation. And it was, I don't know if it was a precedent set or what, but uh, under the socialized medicine system, I guess they were trying to refer you to a doctor. And you had done a lot of research on your own and uh, wanted somebody in England and actually fought for and won the right. If you want to, could you elaborate on that a little bit or...
3: Absolutely. At the time that that was going on, what had happened was there was a doctor in Portland, Oregon who decided that he was no longer going to be seeing patients from BC because, as he said, he was tired of seeing welfare cases who didn't become functioning members of society when they returned to BC, understandably so, because um, I knew a few of these individuals, and I can say this and I don't care, but they were always milking the system for something. So they, in actual fact, they shut the system down for all the other individuals who are actually seeking services and were already high-functioning members of society in the community with their jobs, with their whatever activism they were doing, living their lives happily. So, um, And the, the medical services plan here in BC did not actually let patients know that they hadn't actually shut the funding down, but they had sort of kept it on the down low so that we didn't know. Uh, But at the same time, when they did that, they also cut the funding by quite, well, basically by three quarters. Um, So as a result of them cutting the funding on those aspects there, what they did was they left it for us to not be able to get services that we were required of. So that was kind of the deal there. So what we had to do, yeah, so what I had to do was go and fight for all these different things. And then as I was fighting, I was finding out all this information from all these different individuals. And, uh, yeah. So, and then I, as a result, got the person involved. I got the politicians involved. I got lawyers involved. And I got a phone call about eight months after the fact saying that I was going to England. And I was like, what are you talking about going to England? Well, you're going and you're going to see the doctor that you researched who's already accredited with BC. um, And it's going to cost you this much as what they're going to give to you, which was totally not the amount that they wanted. But the doctor wanted a, a different amount and a higher time to stay in the hospital so i fought for that as well and finally it was given to me after eight months
2: that's an incredible victory uh that is great especially considering you know uh, if it sets a precedent for other uh people who are going through the same thing i think that's important i mean and and a great victory definitely absolutely
3: Uh, i I just got to run for two seconds guys i got someone here at the store
4: business is calling okay no
2: sure Okay, so if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Velvet Steel from Vancouver, British Columbia. We still haven't figured out what the difference is between um, Vancouver, British Columbia, and Toronto, Canada. But well, I mean, obviously they're different cities. But is Canada, in fact, the uh, or
0: BC a part Columbia, of Canada?
2: Right. I, I'm still confused. But right now, she's actually we're seeing, hearing live on the radio, Velvet Steel working in her shop which we're going to ask about uh, what's going on in the shop when she gets back to us. And we were just discussing the fact that she had to successfully, thank God, uh, fight for the right to get the operation and the medical treatment that was necessary um, instead of relying on the socialized medicine system that couldn't really deliver the services that she required.
0: She's beautiful. I'm looking at her pictures right now. She is.
1: And it's one of those full-package situations where not only is she gorgeous, but she's such a freaking doll. You know, she's sweet and friendly, and so ever since I interviewed her over, um, I don't have my headset on, so let me know if she comes back. I don't yes. want to be talking uh,
2: with I her. I'm back. Sorry You're about that. You're back. Okay. So tell that. us a little about what was that person purchasing or doing
3: uh, that person was buying a two-pack of the Florida Capsules to help in male erectile difficulties. <laughs> ah, <laughs> that's Canada interesting. Health Canada approved. So, uh, yeah, so when people ask about, well, are these legal, are they? Yeah, they're totally legal to sell, and we got them
2: Health Canada approved, and that's what I'm selling. Yeah. Wow, that's excellent. I missed it. What is it? It's um, It's like a... A a substance that would be reminiscent but health approved by can, um can uh the Canadian I guess medical authority. Yeah.
3: Our 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 F D A up here, so yeah. SD,
2: it's like their F D A, yeah. So oh. uh, and it's for you know, erectile dysfunction uh, assistance.
0: Oh. Hey. <laughs> Gotta get
2: a boost. Dysfunction oh, is a nice word for it.
3: Cheaper right. than Viagra.
2: <laughs> yes, and limp yeah, I, I always call it limpid penis, but that's you know.
3: <laughs> I've got a lot of things I could call it, but anyway, it's like oh, Olympic war all those symptoms. Yeah. yeah so I, was,
2: my, I was, We were yeah. talking about too. The website is fascinating. I love the the blog topics that you come up with. Uh, anything from I just read the piece on manscaping, which I, uh, if you want to elaborate for folks, what manscaping is, uh, <laughs> who might not know out there.
3: I well, thought it was fun. I, the, the personal art of keeping care of your body hair that might grow a little bit unruly in areas where you may not want it to be. Um, that's, that's how I term it. So you know, look after yourself, not just the hair on your head, but the rest of your body. We're talking back, sack, and crack hair, all those kinds of different things. <laughs> yeah, um,
2: and it's funny because obviously spending a lot of time, um, another blog that you had was the femininity uh, Femininity of feet for people in uh, a situation that they like in your situation where you're a a tall person you're a very statuesque Mm -hmm. person and obviously you have I want to say not big bone but you're larger frame than uh, the average female might be and uh, so it's just interesting to uh, the the juxtaposition is that you like hairy guys and, and saying yeah guys be a little you know be groomed but be a little more natural and at the same time um, you're in a situation in a feminine identity to want to do the opposite, whereas there are some yeah. women who are very comfortable with being natural. Me. Yeah, I'm getting across. Yeah. We just had this <laughs>
1: conversation at work the other day. <laughs> I, You know, it, it's
3: interesting because, I mean, coming from my situation or my background, giving my physical makeup, I mean, I do, my measurements are, well, they're 35, 35G now, um wow. 30 yeah 35 g 30 and then 40 hips right so and i'm also six foot one um so and i've been spending a lot of time at the gym like really getting back into it because i didn't go to the gym for about two years but muscle memory and tone comes back pretty quickly once you get back into it so i'm back down to my um closer to my target weight of 175 pounds but mm-hmm. um so pretty tight in tone but the thing is, is for me it's like I you know, I get the whole idea of hyperfeminizing and sexualizing myself in my presentation and that's only because I want to be able to fit into society and feel and be the person that I know I am, which is, you know, feminine um, you know, individual because the, the fear of getting read on the street by strangers and people and, and things like that is it's it's very prevalent but it's also really um it's it's difficult, you know, when people mm-hmm. are every day walking out the door someone's looking at you in a manner that's contrary to how you want to be looked at or perceived so you want to try to do these things and for me when I'm with a man I want a man to be a man to be honest with you um so I want a bit of hair on their arms I want a bit of hair on their legs uh I'm not looking for a gorilla with hair all over his back but I don't even mind a bit of butt hair to be honest with you um Mm -hmm. so and you know whether it's a beard or not and or bald, or hair on their head. I don't care. As long as they have that masculine thing going on, because that's really important for me. Because I just, you know, I want to feel as feminine as I possibly can in all aspects of my daily life.
2: Who were some of your earlier crushes? Even pre-transformation, as you were growing up, like who who would who would you think was a hunk? Oh my God!
3: I um, we talking actors and actresses, or yeah, anybody. Actresses? Yeah, I mean, some people um, that
2: we would know. I would.
3: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I I always thought Paul Newman was really hot. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, some of the old film stars I thought was – James Dean was another one that I thought was really hot. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, Iconic. Exactly. I've, I've never had a thing for people like Tom Cruise or any of those kinds of guys. So I, I kind of think there was a lull when it came to actors and actresses or in, in particular the male actors where they went through the sort of pretty boy kind of phase. I like my guys to be a little bit rough and tumble. Um, mm. You know, I mean, Kevin Costner doesn't do a damn thing for me. Burt Reynolds, maybe in his earlier days, because he was kind of cheeky and goofy and fun in that, you know, Smokey and the Bandit kind of thing. Um, but that's yeah i like I, I want my men to be masculine, I want them to be you know mm-hmm. up there for me when it comes to all that kind of aspect
2: right right, yeah that makes yeah, sense, sense. yeah you know, i mean oh, uh, I just it, an echo hello, yeah oh no, it just put hear- me as an echo, it threw me off for a second
3: okay um you know like, i i i want my guys to be masculine and I, and I want them to be that way, whether it's hair on their head. Uh, like I said, on their face and things like that, so that that kind of really you know, and even like the old the Marlboro man, for example, before he' passed oh, yeah. away that kind of idea um, he's he 's like perfect example for me, and i and I like men with structured faces and jawlines and chiseled cheeks and chins, and all those kinds of different things too so um it's it, i 'm not drawn to and one thing that I really a lot of processors come my way and think that i 'm into them, and i 'm like i 'm not.
2: What, right.
3: I, you know, I, I, and I just don't say that was any disrespect whatsoever. It's just because coming from my history and my background, I don't want to be with a man who is, you know, being feminine. Right. So, uh, I, like I said, I want my men to be men. You know, maybe if you want, you can throw in a pair of nice really panties or something like that. But I still want the rest of you to be all men. So. And
2: did you turn out? Did you, as you envisioned yourself to be? Because I mean, it's definitely—I uh, th- I would say a total package at this point. But uh, it must have taken a lot of work to develop your own image and stuff. I would imagine who, how you wanted to portray yourself. Because in a way, I mean, that's your profession. You know, you're part model and part uh, in the public eye, as well as just being a regular, you know, person trying to live.
3: Well, you know, I always consider myself to be a work in progress, to be honest with you. So that means, like, you know, from dietary aspects to daily maintenance. Uh, I mean, and I've, I've talked with individuals, too, about, you know, the amount of money that it costs to look the way I do. It does cost that money. Um, I work hard at it. I, I, you know, I work hard and I play hard is one of my statements that I always give to a lot of people. And Dolly Parton was absolutely right how she said it costs a lot to look this trashy. Uh, right. But for me, it's, you know, it's in the opposite uh, end of the spectrum because I don't want to look like that. I'd rather look something more classy and elegant and things like that. And I was listening to you before, too, and it's so true because I'm developing a, a cooking show that's going to be about sex and sexuality. But, you know, so we can talk right. smack and have fun while we're doing it, uh, but still dressed in that whole 60s, 50s madman style, right?
0: I think you do it wonderfully, by the way. You look great. Thank you. Thanks.
2: Oh. You know, Speaking of the, the, the television show and the cooking portion of it, I could tell us a little bit about Velvet TV.
3: Uh, well, Velvet TV is, we, we put that up just so we could sort of stir some interest and see how that's going. And I'm hoping that it doesn't take longer than a year for it to actually materialize into something. But what that's going to be is, uh, I mean, Vancouver's full of a lot of different celebrities and local individuals that are very much in the sexual forefront um, and I'm not talking about actors and actresses, I'm talking about activists, I'm talking about university professors, I'm talking about politicians and doctors and things like that. So what I've got planned with one of the segments is where I, I'm hoping to interview, actually, I'm not hoping, I've already been committed by individuals who want to be interviewed by me for once, one guest a month. Um, other parts of it are going to include news and snippets and tidbits from around the world in regards to the whole trans movement and things like that that are taking place, because there's quite a bit of stuff going on. And uh, the other thing, too, that I, I'm very concerned about is, you know, stuff that's taking place over in the Middle East, and Turkey in particular, and a lot of individuals being murdered and taken back to their right. own countries and having their breasts removed, um, yes. forcibly removed. Uh, that That's horrible. Um, so I want to be doing something about that. And then I want to have my other one where it's just, you know, Velvet Says, which is kind of me laying in bed talking, you know, fun stuff in regards to sexuality and sex and everything else, because I collect vintage um, lingerie, um, believe it or not. So I've got a lot of, you know, sheer nightgowns and uh, baby dolls and house robes and things that go with all that stuff. Of course, there's a whole shitload of shoes, too. Um, so that And that's kind of one of the segments that I want to present with that, as well as the the, the cooking thing. So... And the cooking thing is something that I just came up with that because I always talk about a lot of different things when I'm doing stuff when it comes to cooking, but it all seems to be about sex, of course.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and But I want to do it, you know, because my background being Danish, I want to do uh, old-world Danish-style cooking but with new ingredients, like a healthy way of providing ingredients to make those foods because um, a lot of Danish cooking is based around bleached flowers and really hardcore nutrients that have no nutritional value whatsoever or ingredients that have no nutritional value and my father was just out visiting as well and he's 81 and um, I know granted he's 81 but he's just not well and I, you know, keep telling to myself and people that are around me around my life, it's like I don't want to be that age and then feel like I'm incapacitated and not able to do something so um, you know, personal training and fitness and nutrition is very important to me. As is sexual health and healing and keeping a healthy, happy lifestyle and body going with it. Because mm-hmm. I really think that we should be sexual um, and and we should be sexy and feel good about ourselves right up until the day that our boots are permanently parked by the door. So. Yeah. So.
1: Well, we have our um, one of our biggest fans or listeners. Oh. Good. Um, on hold at the moment and what happens is every week randy calls in and he has a random porn fact and then he enjoys asking our guest a question so we're going to bring him on real quick and see what he's got for us this hey week. randy hold on a second it's Oops. not there yet for some reason blog talk radio is not functioning tonight randy are you on the line uh yes i am how are you tonight hey alicia Mwah. Mwah. Hey Randy <laughs> and,
4: and Heather, do you have a hate for the rest of us?
1: Well, he he sorts Heather too. But oh yeah, just, yeah, yeah.
4: just the You're the just the guy ticket, with
1: right? a penis. <laughs> so so Randy, do you have something special for us tonight?
4: Uh, since you have um, your lovely guests here, I like to do a little porn fact for for I want to I want to see if your guests can re- relate to this. All right. Um,
3: radio
4: here, so I can't really help you right now.
3: Yeah. So I'm sure <laughs> Sorry. I'm listening to you. Okay.
4: Okay. In the late nineteen seventies into the eighties there's a lady named Kim Christie who started the gender of providing sexy transsexual ladies to the screen during that pitch during that period of time. Right. And one of, and mo- one of the most popular um transsexuals of all time well, for me anyway, in the late seventies and the early part of the 80s was Soka, who made, who was a member of her family, of of Stars, and appeared in one feature film called Soka's Wedding, mm-hmm. and um, which is the one of the first films in which Ron Jeremy sucked his own cock on screen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what? I didn't even know that ever happened. Yeah. Huh? It says a lot for...
2: Dogs in Ron Jeremy.
1: Ron Jeremy, they do it because they can. Yeah, no shit. If I could eat by and lick my own vulva, I would. Yes.
0: <laughs> so uh,
1: that is an awesome fact for us tonight, Randy. Yeah. I love that one. And do you have a question for Velvet Seal?
4: Oh, yes, I do. Um, just to, I just wanted to know. Um, I, I came in late because I just got on to work. Um, got on from work. Um, uh, how long have you... Um, been in the business, and what are um, um, adventures that you have in your career?
1: So, Velvet doesn't do adult films.
4: Well, oh, I'm sorry. My fault. But
1: no,
3: I, um, I, I've been in the business of doing professional domination and fetish service work, um, mm-hmm. and that's been for over 25 years. Now, I just want to clarify something with you as well. Selka, when she was doing her stuff in the early days, there, she was doing it as she male. So there's yeah. a bit of a, sort of a backlash in regards to how people are advertising individuals within the whole community of that stuff. Uh, there's there's a, a, a resurgence to take back the word transsexual, use all that kind of stuff, and also a resurgence in taking back post-operative versus pre-operative. Okay. So, uh, for individuals who have done that kind of thing and they're still building themselves as females, that's how it's going. For me, there was never, never any genital involvement with myself prior to surgery, as I call it, corrective surgical procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was how that was. So in my time um, of well, well over 25, uh, I would have to say that one of my most interesting times and one of my most frightening times. Um, there was two of them. I'll never forget them. The client that I was seeing who ended up becoming a friend after a period of time as well was into autoerotic asphyxiation. And Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that he was doing when I first started learning this with him, I didn't know the extent of what it was going to be all about. And uh, he was in town to get one of his latex body bags fixed at Northbound Leather because that's what they made for him. Uh, But in the meantime, what we did was put it over his head. I put a belt around his neck. I sat on the floor with my ass on the floor with my (laughs) feet on his shoulders, pushing his body away from me while, of course, he was masturbating himself. And I was pulling on this belt around his neck. I couldn't see his face whatsoever, anything like that.
4: Mm-hmm. And
3: um, he did his business, and I took the belt off really quickly so he could get air to his face. so I first saw the blood vessels in his eyes, his lips had turned purple, he had broken a few blood vessels around the corners of his nose and, Ouch. Um, yeah so his his statement to me after after he got air back into his system was that was one of the best sessions he'd ever had uh, that is amazing.
1: awesome, awesome. I,
3: I, I, I didn't know how to quite take that, but uh, I was Needless to say, scared shitless. And, uh, but anyway, so he worked with me in terms of learning more about autoerotic asphyxiation and things like that, and I got a phone call from him one time telling me how he had played around with a vacuum cleaner in one of his body bags, and it ended up sucking out way too much air to the point where he couldn't get out, and had his body not involuntarily twitched in the manner that it did, he probably would be dead. So I was not happy about hearing that, and... Um, Another one happened to be with uh, another client of mine who was also a friend. He was dealing with poppers and things like that. So he was tied up to the wall. And um, he was sniffing way too many poppers. And what he ended up doing was he basically overdosed on these things while he's strapped to my wall to the cross. Uh, so he passed out. I'm standing there in my heels. And I propped him up under my one shoulder so he could get up, undid the wrist shackles that he had on. I let him fall to the ground. He was still attached with his ankle shackles. And in those days, I didn't know. uh, This was like mid-'80s. He was, um, it was this, I guess, bathtub poppers. These group of guys in Toronto were making it out of their own place. Strong as hell, this stuff. So, um, yeah. So, and then when he finally came, too, from that point onwards, I had made an etiquette with myself that there's no drugs to be used in my presence when it comes to play like that, let alone poppers. Because to be honest, I can't stand the smell of that stuff. So. <laughs> what is
0: poppers? pop poppers? Oh poppers, yeah. Yeah, I like remember the...
2: poppers. Poppers had a nitric, I was it nitrous oxide in it or something or like that? Uh, it, was well, it, it, it was something that made you very. It was like a rush, a head rush. They used to call a- it a rush. I think. Yeah.
3: It, yeah, they did. Amyl nitrate, butyl nitrate, um, oh, nitrate. nitrous oxide, oh, yeah. all those different Which things. Is so there's, there's different forms of it. Um, we have a manufacturer here in BC as well that uh, our our government has basically said you can produce it, but you can't sell it um, in our country. So we're they can only produce it for export. And they just recently went through a court case. So we're try, we're hoping and waiting that we hear from what the judge has to say about it, because they, they went to great lengths to make a product that was actually uh, good and, and not this crap that a lot of the guys would throw together in their bathtub, quite honestly. Right,
1: it? making from somebody's home. So now, now that Randy kind of brought up the question, um, did you ever have any offers to do adult films? Was that ever a consideration for you? Um, it was
3: a consideration for me. It was. And I actually, I did a lot of stuff that I was doing on my own. like I put it up onto all these different sites, such as, um, well, I was doing talking on Night Flirt. I believe I still have something up there as well. I, just, I can't keep up with all the sites that are out there. RedTube, all those places. So I was producing my own stuff. Um, kink, uh, Social Kink was another one that had a site up there where you could produce your own videos. Um, uh, Clips for Sale was another area where I have one. I actually still have a a phantom site up there right now, and I'm just sort of remorphing that into something different. Um, But I pulled all the videos down because when I started to get more and more involved with the the social activism for prostitutes' rights and things like that, uh, and also working with the city of Vancouver on the sex work task force, I didn't really want those out there, depending on who was going to be out there in the media, and I was very right in pulling them. Um, so I haven't been able to necessarily find them out there anymore. So that's a good thing but uh, that's no guarantee that they're not somewhere on the Internet from somebody having pulled them because people find stuff and then they send it to me and say, is this you? And I'm like, uh,
4: yeah, that's me. <laughs> 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 it's a daisy.
3: <laughs> hey, yep, sir. When was that done? Can we do that again? Can we do this kind of, assessment kind of thing? So I'm, I'm like, you know, I've been caught with my pants down many times. But it was a consideration, but it's the only thing that was for me is um, – What they were wanting at that time was, uh, this is before I'd actually gone through with the full gender transition in regards to the lower surgery, was they wanted that aspect to be very much a part of the videos that they were producing. And for me, that just wasn't where my headspace was at. So I wasn't going to start putting that kind of content or material out there. Um, Currently, I'm okay with putting stuff out that involves vagina or pussy or whatever you want to call it. In my case, it's a neo-vagina, so I'm okay with that. But... um, Keeping myself as as that she male contingent, no, and I, you know, that's not to say that a lot of them aren't my friends here in Vancouver because there's a lot of them. So, but that's just not where my headspace
2: is at.
1: Right. Um.
2: Would, oh, I was just going to yeah. ask, would you say that Vancouver is particularly tolerant of? A, is there a um. A good uh, population, yeah. Or... Because I know that you started weave, and uh, which is, uh, I guess, about the West Enders. And maybe yeah. you could elaborate a little bit about that. Because I know you and uh, it was your husband, correct, that uh, yeah. you were attacked. Yeah. No, I, I can't I, see I, anybody getting anything over on you, but because <laughs> well, I understand you tackled one of them.
3: I was well, I actually had five
2: of them that I had actually
3: beaten to the ground. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and then she
4: giggled. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, and, and, and it made the point? newspapers of people watching in the apartment buildings around it. And, it, and it, the, 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 the line was, and single-handedly fought off her attackers. And I was like, well, yeah, I kind of did, didn't I? Because they had yeah. broken the fingers in my right hand. So mm. I was hanging on with my right hand and punching with my left. Um, but yeah, so I mean, so we, we did that, and I started weave as a result of that, and it, it was it was to address issues of violence on that in that particular manner, um, and it was also part and parcel because the community was starting to grow really, really fast, really rapidly when it came to trans individuals, and. They didn't know where to go. They didn't know who they could talk to or how they could, you know, address the issues that were going on. And at that time, I brought it to the forefront with the police too because the police had never dealt with this kind of thing before. Um, they, they weren't compassionate. They had their sensitivity training funding just taken away from them just prior to that. And that was the, the irony is they used to come to my fetish parties. In August, before their new, uh, you know, their new, I don't know want to say recruits, but their new cadets would go out onto the streets so they could actually see who was, you know, in their community that they would be possibly dealing with. So, yeah, so they had their funding pulled from that so that they were no longer getting sensitivity trading. And then just as that happened, then we were assaulted, and then I was dealing with officers that were like, well, oh, my God, you're this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm this. And then so we... Changed it somewhat back again to get them to understand that they need some more diversity training to understand that there's a lot of individuals out there in communities that they're going to have to deal with at some point down the road, and they need to be open-minded.
1: Right. Was there ever a case? Did anyone ever figure out who these jerks were? Or oh, oh yeah, they were. They were right there. But the the thing that I was told
3: because I, because this whole for back, lack of a better term, shit show that was going down um, with these individuals, they uh, told me that I was the one who could be charged with forcible consignment, unlawful consignment, um, public mischief, and uh, possibly kidnapping. And I said, how does that fall into all this stuff? Because I had a, my firm grip on one of the guys with my right hand as I was warding him off from attacking me. And mm-hmm. I they had said so and then in the process as well my husband's new watch that we had just bought I just bought for him $700 watch was ripped off of his wrist and I was trying to get the one officer to look at the individual who ripped it off his wrist who was actually looking at this watch as he was walking down the street away from us so they were all there and they the police had even gone to the high school where they went and they talked to them there and the officer just said to me point blank a couple of days later that yes we sat across the table from the little bastard who did this to you and off the record we know he did this to you but there's nothing we can do and I'm
2: like wow
3: nothing you can do that doesn't make mm. any sense but whatever That's terrible
2: do you um, foresee uh, ever being involved in legislation to possibly deal with that at a hate crime level or is is that kind of legislation already in place there.
3: Uh, it's very much yeah, kind of ironic that you bring it up because it all seems to be organically happening. We don't, in our Canadian Constitution, have anything that protects the rights of trans individuals. Um, So anything that goes on against someone as a hate crime, well, there's nothing there to protect us. So uh, as a result of all this stuff that's going on with Bill C-36 for the prostitution laws, too, what I'm kind of really disappointed about with that is that there's been no there's been no trans inclusion in any of these discussions um it's mostly about aboriginal women uh street-based survival sex work and basically women so and i've been bringing that up as well so in actual fact i sit in two categories outside of the fringe one happens to be the trans issue and the other happens to be the sex work aspect um, so, yeah, I'm very active in trying to get something put together for that. And we can also get another, I, I believe, it's Bill C-279 uh, that will include the trans rights into our Canadian Constitution for our own protections and rights. Um, yeah, but it's, it's amazing that you have to specifically label it uh, and give it a specific, a specific particular category or labeling to zero in on what the problem could be, it's not like you can't just say anymore that people are people and no, don't right. you know, do unto others as they would have un, you do unto them. No, you can't because you know there's all this like this homosexual panic nonsense law. Um, you know, so I, I just don't understand. But yes, very much part of that in terms of getting some legislation put together and moving forward on it.
2: I don't uh, know if I a- know.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, as I say, we have a conservative government here that's not very progressive. Right. So we're dealing with them.
2: I wanted to talk a little bit about the sex work because with uh, 25 years of experience in it, I'm just wondering what... Uh, first of all, is there a percentage of male to female or is there any female clients? Uh, for me? Yes.
3: Um, I wouldn't say there's a... When the female clients do come to see me, I do have some, and I would say, out of uh, percentage-wise, out of hundred, that was probably about two percent. Uh, right. And they're, and they're generally coming with a male partner. And why they're coming is because they want to learn how to either dominate or how to open up their minds and expand themselves a little bit on fetishistic interests that they can bring into the bedroom with their partner. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get to that point, too, usually it's the guys that will call up and say, oh, I've got a female partner here, and I want to blah, 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 and, just, and just to know that they're serious, I always tell them, put her on the phone. Right. I, I want to talk to her to know that you're not yanking my chain, because if that's the case, I'll hang up on you right now, or I won't deal right. with you or whatever, right? So I want to know that they're very serious. And when they are, that 2% that is serious, and they come through the door for services, generally it's a more of an educational kind of thing for these women I mean there's the odd time too where they you know they're having intercourse in front of me and I'm telling them what to do and uh, Uh that's fun too so um, yeah I would imagine oh yeah very fun. (laughs) no no seriously
2: I mean especially as a a dominatrix it must be a a kind of a almost like a power trip in a certain sense uh, to experience something like that and be a kind of yeah um how about your typical client? Would you say the typical male client is he? A, is there is there a typical male client? Let's put it that way. Uh,
3: I, I don't think that I can say there is a typical male client. They all have their same reservations and nervousness coming to the door, uh, but once they get to know me and, and we're beyond all that stuff, then they they're really good and they're you know my regular clients. But generally. My sessions always start off well. Well, prior to the session starting, I always go through my 20 questions process on the phone or however I'm communicating with them to give that or get a breakdown as to what it is they're all about. I mean, I even have letters drafted up that if I'm talking to them through email or communicating that way, I'll send it off telling them exactly what it is I provide and what I don't provide, right? And what and what my uh, required donation or tribute is and then they deal with it that way and if it doesn't fall within their categories then they're done um, right. but so we do that i do that screening process i'm pretty good at you know telling and understanding and breathing and people ask well how do you know if they're good or not or they're legit or not i can always tell in their breathing on the phone um, really
2: voice,
3: yeah voice fluctuation if they're nervous or they're lying or they're yanking my chain
2: um <laughs> or there's
3: somebody else in the background that's uh there egging them on just for you know shits and giggles at my expense, I could always hear that, it always comes through somehow and, and I always bring that up but when they get to my door after we've gone or you know dispensed with all that stuff um, you know I, I'm not one of those kinds of persons that when they get through the door they have to drop through their knees and take off all their clothes and not look me in the eye no, I want them to give me a hug uh, right. I want them to say hello and they certainly get, they get to know at that point who is um, the one in charge right? right like, so, and then, uh, and if they want, I, if you, do you want a shot of whiskey? Do you want something on the rocks? Do you want a quick drink to sit down and relax? Do you even drink? Would you like a glass of water? Let's go from there. And I slowly move into the session and what their interests are all about. But there's always that nervousness right off the bat. And then once they become regular clients, that nervousness is gone to the point where we end up becoming uh, a little bit more chatty when they come through the door. And the session still, I don't want don't want to say it goes the same way because I get bored really easy, so that's why I'm able to formulate and cut them, do something different for them each and every time. It still sort of revolves around what their particular interests are all about, but I, I pour it on really thick from the start when they walk through the door. That's why I, don't, I prefer not to do sessions that last more than an hour. Right.
4: Um,
3: it's really seriously draining. You know, right, um, I can imagine. For both parties. <laughs> uh, Oh, absolutely, especially when you pour it on. So I want their experience to be to the minute they leave. And that includes just they need to have a shower as well. They're more than welcome to do so. So mm-hmm. uh, I have all the stuff provided for them in that aspect. You know, get in there and have a shower, clean yourself up, and make sure that you're all freshened up for the street, and
0: that they have no, you know,
3: perfume or scents or anything strange going on. And,
1: uh, yeah.
0: yeah. So unfortunately because of tonight's
1: glitch on blog talk radio it says we have about nine more minutes live on the air so what i think i'm going to do just to be safe is cut tonight's interview a little short and then reschedule to have velvet on another night when we don't have technical glitches so we can really go through all the great questions we had and um, some of the background because what happens is after the particular time that they allot you you may or may not get recorded so i would hate to have such good material that we don't get to put out to our listeners on the pod Afterwards, so at least if it's just myself and my co-host BSing around the mic and it gets cut off, it's like oh well, nothing was really you know lost. But to have great material with a guest in an interview um, and have it all go away would be sad. So um, we're gonna cut tonight's interview short. Velvet, I'll be in touch with you. We can reschedule to have you on in Absolutely. a few weeks. Where the yep. show's back on to an hour and a half, and hopefully we can schedule something where we're not interrupting you at work as well. But we appreciate Absolutely. that you took your time out so much. Right, and and I'm surprised just,
3: that it was you know, not busy except for the one individual buying his pills.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. It's his, I'm glad we uh, 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 were able
2: to do what you had to do too at the same time so we didn't interrupt your schedule too much.
0: Yeah, no,
3: I Jerry I'm pretty good through the evenings of it. I mean, I get that we have a three-hour time difference, but um, you know, Mondays, Sunday, Mondays or Tuesdays, all-day evenings are generally good for me. Just so you know, so you know, the listeners out there might think, oh, if there's an opportunity for that at some point that we can do that. Yeah, that'd be great. All
1: yeah, and right. we could always um, we could always do a recorded as well on a day that she has more time available. We'll sit yeah. around and ask questions, yeah. record it, and then do a pre record session. I've never done one, but we figure one out. But, again, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We apologize for the tech issues, and uh, hopefully next week we'll have our shit together. Oh, and then we'll you. be in touch so we can reschedule and have you on.
3: Perfect, perfect. And just so you know, I didn't know you had any technical glitches at all. It all went smoothly for me on my end. Oh, oh
1: great.
3: Thank you. <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. Enjoy. Have all a great night. Good night. Care.
0: Bye. Thanks.
2: So that was
1: a fascinating discussion here. It on- was great. She's what? Yeah, she's totally adorable. We still have Randy, so I'm going to unmute Randy just in case. Randy, are you there?
4: I am still here, yes.
1: So we have seven minutes of it live. We had a few sex-related news stories to share, um, but I don't even know if I brought them back up or not or what I did because I'm a big hot mess because I was taking a nap, if you saw, on Twitter. Supposedly bookmarked it. Then- <laughs> Yeah, I thought I bookmarked them, show bookmarks. I have to go back and find them. Um,
2: But no, probably not.
1: I I did bookmark them, but they're not
0: there.
2: So let's talk a little bit about, I don't, you know, I'm I'm still naive to the world of dominatrix. Are there male dominants, for instance?
1: Yes, absolutely. So there's a dominant and a submissive in every situation. And, um, but there is a lot of trust and a lot of respect as well, which is super important. And we were having this discussion earlier that, um, the whole, uh, 50 shades of gray is probably going to throw a huge ugly ding in the world of BDSM. But I've had, uh, sessions where I'm submissive and I've had sessions where I'm dominant with, uh, heterosexual male cisgendered male and um i don't know what the hell i did with these bookmarks i screwed up my whole computer so we're just going to freaking wing it but anywho so on the situations where i am more submissive then they take control they're a bit more aggressive um you become almost their slave Mm -hmm. and um and they kind of do whatever it takes to please you, but they kind of control you for the moment. On the reverse end, when I was dominant, they were submissive Then. um, the opposite, you know. I would tell them what to do, and eventually they would orgasm. Um, but I kind of had the control as to how much and how little. And um, there's spanking involved or flogging. It just kind of depends on what the person desires. So as Velvet was saying, um, she has some people that want her to do autoerotic asphyxiation, which I can never say uh, right on the first time. And somehow I managed that yeah, time. Yeah, that that's a good be one, great. I...
0: Buttermouth. You didn't I'm choke doing. on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Oh, pardon the pun.
1: And then, uh, oh, my gosh, what did I do? Because now I can't even find Blog Talk Radio in my studio. I'm like,
0: I've lost everything. I like a little bit of both. I like to kind of mix it up a little bit. Like, I like to take control, and then I like to be taken control of, or vice versa. I, I, I don't know. I've never been I in, like to wing it
1: and just have It's there costumes involved?
0: I don't
2: get this uh are yeah.
1: They're I mean, I yeah, I had a particular lingerie sometimes if the person likes, you know, leather or latex. Um it's usually very dark.
0: Have um, you ever watched pulp fiction?
1: Um
2: yes,
0: I've the watched gimp.
1: F-
2: Oh, yes, The Gimp, the right? The Gimp. Yeah, that's a costume. The
0: leather suit with the zipper mask. I love that. that. Right.
2: Well, that's almost like your hazmat outfit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. So that's uh, again, I can't. I think it's kind of catered. Each situation is different. Um, they may have different methods of communicating, uh, different levels of trust. You do different things so that way you can build that trust with someone. I was having a conversation with someone the other day that said, you know, I have trust issues and I don't know that I could allow a female to uh, dominate me. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I have great cuffs that are you know, kind of beginners, so it's not like you're permanently tied, you know, have your hands tied. You can tie them in front to begin so you can see that you trust somebody, you learn to communicate with one another and express your feelings and stuff, and so worst comes to worst and you panic, you push, pull your, you know, hands apart and the cuffs bust open and you go and you're fine, but um, the, the point isn't being somebody's, you know, sex slaves. You you don't use them and abuse them, rape or any of that other stuff. Right. Kind of. Yeah, factual yeah, it's it's almost like a a, a dance.
0: You know, there's, there's a common ground that you have to reach. Sure. For, I was going to say, because
2: on that subject, what is who would you not recommend it to? In other words, for people out there who might be listening that are sexual curious. What would be the expectation that will not be resolved or what they're looking for that will not be, you know, what I mean by that? In other words, who's it for?
0: Not Charles Manson.
2: Right, okay.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: not Charles Manson. That so random. <laughs> I
1: like that. Um, who is it not for? Yeah. Uh, uh, it is not for people with poor communication skills. Mm-hmm. Because if a man cannot communicate while he's, or it, if the dominant cannot communicate, while they're being dominant, they can hurt the submissive. If the submissive cannot communicate while someone is dominating them, then they are possibly putting themselves at risk. I would say Um, anyone
0: with a past of domestic violence. Absolutely. Anger
1: issues, someone who cannot control their behavior. That's what Um, I was
2: looking for. Yeah. that kind. I mean, I wasn't sure, but yeah, that was good that you guys brought that up.
1: Yeah. So there are a lot of different circumstances and, um, I have I actually have a lot of female friends who are
0: professional dominatrix, professional doms. I um I once had a gimp mask. Did oh. you? I, I did, and somebody stole it. Somebody stole it. I had they a I had a, a party uh, at my roommate's house back in the day, and um, I woke up in the morning and I was cleaning up, and the only thing that I could not find was my gimp mask. The missing so mask. I want
1: oh. R I P gimp mask. Randy owned. Um <laughs> awful, yeah. terrible. I, I don't wanna, know. I wanna do a photo shoot with one. I think it'd be hot to be completely ass naked and have just the zipper in the mouth.
0: Or in, like, and a corset and, like, yeah. you know, and end up naked eventually. Yeah, that would be pretty so awesome. We're, Damn it! Yeah,
1: we're debating photo shoots right now For once my back piece is complete. And so we were thinking of different ideas. And so I thought of a fully nude with just a small thong, if that. And then um, to sit down kind of on your feet. So your feet would be like this. Mm-hmm. And then you're kneeling on them. So then it's your butt cheeks. It would be the thong. And then my full back. And just have a little bit of face, so that it would just be a little bit of hand, gotcha. a little bit yeah, of face. Yeah, like you're giving them all, little... Yeah, just a, yes. little, just a little look back. And uh, so we have to find a photographer and figure all of that stuff out. So that's something that's in the works. Um, so
2: listeners out there, if you want a chance to... See
1: my butt cheek. I yeah. know a few. You can either that or find me on FetLife, because there's a picture of my ass. Oh, uh, well, there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fet Life. See a I just of joined FetLife, by <laughs> the way. I was going to say, Randy, are you on FetLife?
4: Uh, I think so, but I forgot my password.
1: You'll have to you'll have to get your password together and get back on bomb There, I love FetLife, and um, there are a lot of great events going on, and so if you are a fan of the fetish community or just a voyeur or um, you know, someone who isn't into shaming others, uh, that is the place to be. I've never met such wonderful, friendly, um, people. It's like a beautiful little community, and they have little events. In the city where I'm from, and you can get together and have a few drinks and get to know people and show face. So I'm gonna go do so for the sake of you know making new friends in the industry to better raw sex. And um, yeah, and I just convinced Bobby to get on. So although you still didn't send me a friend request,
2: no, because I um, yeah I haven't been on since you told me your um, your name.
1: Yeah, so raw sex RI is where it's at. That's my name on FetLife. It's the handle everywhere. And then Ross. Radio.com is where you can find the website, which I think. Should I'll I give up my, my handle? Uh, your handle for FetLife. For FetLife,
2: yeah. I
0: guess. Did you post a picture of your penis yet? No. No, then you're safe. Yeah. Yes. Who cares.
2: Um, um.
0: Um. I'm curious to know because penis... I have intentions on posting a picture of your penis.
2: No. Why? Is this, does this pique the interest more?
0: I, I guess. I, I might know. have to sign up. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm
4: saying here.
2: I mean, it, it's,
0: it's like, well, how much do you
2: want to see a penis pic? Um, it's uh, Send it's Beethoven nine.
1: Really? Yeah. It's so random, because I was looking, I was like, Big Bobby G Spa, yeah. and then all this other <laughs> <laughs> stuff, and I couldn't find you anywhere.
2: Because I was trying to come up with a name, and I think Beethoven's knife is, you know, da-da-da-da, <laughs> <laughs> this is my name, now I'm a fit, like, da-da-da-da, here's my dick, da 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 <laughs> uh,
1: right it, You know, so
2: that's my thing.
1: So Randy, we're gonna we're gonna let you go for the night. But thank you so much for calling in with your random. It uh, was a good one. Fact, yeah, tonight was awesome, and I love that you research the guests so you can have something that kind of coincides with who our guest is that night. You've been great. We need to schedule a particular time that you can call in so we can anticipate the phone call, and um, have you know a particular few minutes set aside for Randy every episode. But Randy's been great yeah he's great. and we love all of our fans and listeners who contribute this the Facebook page has been super active this week, so between posts and shares and likes and comments, everybody's kind of coming out of their shell and interacting with one another, which we think is wonderful and um, yeah
2: because we want to build that kind of community here too that which we